Thank you for tuning us in. This is Service for Christ, Daryl Bailey. As we get into our morning message here, November the 26, 2023, the 13th of Keslith, 57AB4 of the Hebrew calendar. As we look at some of the recent pictures from our care package from Israel recently, that as our men and women of the Israeli forces uh, do battle, they go to battle with one of the most powerful things, the Torah, uh, the word of God. Here I want to talk for a little while, weapons that win battles. Here as we look at the word of God in 1 Timothy, take your Bibles uh, with me. And as we get into the wonderful word of God uh, in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12, I'm glad that uh, we can look at the wonderful word of God and be reminded uh, what it is that the Lord is doing with each and every one of us. Here as we look at the word of God, uh, and we'll put it up in just a minute, but we want to go into a word of prayer time. We want to remember uh, those that are hostages, those that are being released, a prayer for safety of, uh, of each and every one, those that are captive, those that are missing, and for peace. But also we want to remember Happy Ferguson. Uh, also, uh, we want to uh, remember Vicki Sutton. And also... Uh, James Griggs uh, in our time of prayer. Uh, also our pastor Keith Dempsey and remember us we're trying to stay away from everybody till we have surgery Tuesday and don't want to pick it up any bugs before we have surgery and so just keep us uh, in your prayers as well as we'll get our knee uh, fixed uh, Tuesday and so please uh, uh, we want to lift up all of these these needs. Lord I pray that you'll intervene and go to where Happy Ferguson is, James Cripps, and also Vicki Sutton. Lord, I pray that you'll take the hostages and release them. Give peace into the, uh, the nation of Israel. Lord, as you'll resolve this conflict that's been happening of all the evil and the humane, uh, heartless individuals that are so wicked that have taken families and children and harmed them. And so I pray in the mighty name of Jesus for the safety and for the nation of Israel, O Lord. Incline, O Father, Lord, as you hear uh, our words as we pray, Lord Father, that you would bring and return uh, Zion with joy and happiness, that they may attain, uh, Lord, and the sorrow and the siding that shall flee. Lord, I pray, God, that you'll just reach out to the nation of Israel, uh, for our church family, for our pastor Keith Dempsey, for the grief in his family. And God, I pray, God, Lord, also for Brother Rusty, and his wife and the recover, the recovery of sickness in their families and each and every family that's in the house of God at Bethel Crossroads Baptist Church, Father. We just want to lift all of them up and ask you, God, to intervene on their behalf. Go to the hospital rooms, Lord. Go by uh, the, the areas, uh, Lord, where the funeral homes are, where death has come, and be the great physician of those ones through the hands of the doctors and Lord, that you can bring a miracle in the making for someone that's trying to recover and to replenish their health and strength. We're so thankful for our salvation and for, Lord, the wonderful word of God. And, Lord, we pray, God, that you will give us the weapons that win battles on a daily basis. And for this upcoming new year, if you let us go that far, right now, families have come together. And, Lord, they've given thanks for this past year. But, Lord, I pray, God, that you will come to restore families 
Lord, where there's been a, 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 a detrimental of, of pain and uh, trials and, uh, Lord, uh, heartaches that have come upon families during the Thanksgiving season. And those, Father, that are getting ready for the Christmas to celebrate the birth of our Savior. Lord, he had to be born to, to give up uh, the throne for a cross to pay the debt that none of us could ever pay. And so I ask the blessing upon the reading of the Word of God. And, Father, that you'll touch everything that's said and done. That, Lord, will give glory and honor our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And so... Here we look and realize that uh, the weapons that win battles, as we look at the word of God, and we begin to realize in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. I'm glad that here we begin to look and we begin to realize that uh, the weapons that win battles for every one of us. We've got to be able to fight the good fight of faith. We fight to exercise our faith, which saves us, uh, that keeps us saved. And I'm glad that every one of us have that Christian liberty, that we fight for our joy, we fight for our success, and we fight for our spiritual progress. I'm glad that every one of us, we see the activities of the Christian life, shining that we arise to shine, running and running to win in our Christian walk and helping in each and every aspect of life with our brothers and sisters, our neighbors, our families, amen, sowing to reap, fighting to subdue, praying to bless, and fishing to catch. I'm glad that every one of us, the Bible says out of Paul, Ephesians 6.12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of the world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. We are not fighting against human beings, but against the wicked spiritual forces in the heavenly world, the rulers, the authorities, and the cosmic powers of this dark age today. There is a war that is going on right now. And every one of us, as we uh, go forward, we've got to be able to fight that battle uh, and in order to do that, there's weapons that win those battles for every one of us. And so I'm glad that we could go to the battles of all of the, of the wars that are out there. The Revolutionary War, the Buckle Here, the Saratoga, uh, the Yorktowns. We could go to the Civil Wars in America, uh, the Gettysburg. Uh, we could go to all of the ones uh, through uh, the Korean, the Second World War of Vietnam, and we'll notice that the Bible says that one day there's going to be a great battle called the Battle of Armageddon, which will end all battles, and I know that all of us have personal battles that we're going to face, not only here at the end of the year, but if the Lord lets us see another up and coming year, we're going to have battles that we'll always face. It's not always uh, battles that are around you, and I know that there's a war on terrorism. Uh, there's cultural wars. There are wars also that is the worst one that you'll ever fight is the one that's inside of you. And so every one of us, there's a war that is going on all the time within every born-again Christian 
no matter where you are. The fact is, life is a battle. Everybody wants to agree with that, but life is a battle. But nothing comes easy in this world. And this is not a picnic. It's not a party. The Bible says why? Because the world is broken. It's a battle. And we've got to be able to use the right weapons to win those battles. And if you want to get a great marriage, you're going to have to fight for it. And Lita and I have always fought through the years to have what we've got today because the enemy has always tried to take it away. He's always tried to destroy marriages. You want to fight to balance your life and not get out of balance. And it takes time and it takes effort. There's a battle going on between good and evil at all times. and But there's also a battle between what's okay and what's best for your life. There's a lot of things that you could do with your life in this up and coming year and the rest of this year. Uh, and you know what? Sometimes it's sinful. Sometimes it's not. But there's always the wrongs and the right. And the battle between what's okay and what's great in your life. The battle between hope and despair, fear and faith. There's a battle to balance your life and keep it healthy, to keep the stress down and the serenity up. And so there's weapons that win battles. I'm glad here, as again, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against the spiritual wickedness in high places. Amen. And so in the Bible, there's a lot to say about personal battles that we all go through. In fact, the second most used analogy, uh, analogy in scripture for the Christian life is that of a soldier. And so the athlete and a soldier, and these are ways that we describe our fight and how that we conquer and how we strive and how we battle and how we war and how we overcome victory on a daily basis. These are war terms, uh, men and women of God. And it's a sad uh, to say that each and every one of us are in a battle on a daily basis. Here, the entire book in the Bible is about fighting. I'm glad the book of Joshua was about fighting. God promised the children of Israel the promised land, but they had to fight for it. And there are things that God wants to do in your life, this, the remainder of this year and the upcoming year, if he permits, that you're going to have to fight for it. And the question that I ask you, what are you fighting for? I'm telling you, Fight the good fight of faith is what Paul is telling us about. And so the weapons that win battles, Paul said, for I delight in the law of God after the inward man. He goes on, he says, but I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. And so what kind of battle is this? It's not a battle against people. It's not even a battle so much against ideologies which are many that are throughout the world today. It's an internal battle that we're talking about because we're fighting against human beings. We're fighting against spiritual forces, powers of darkness unseen of the spiritual world that's taking place. Just as Israel is always fighting a battle that's seen, they're outnumbered with the enemy all the way around their country. But there's also the unseen enemy that's fighting as well. And so, the powers of darkness that come against every child of the king. I want you to get the, the idea that this war is between our old nature and our new nature. And our old nature, which is our human nature, it wants to do what's easy, what's convenient. It wants to do whatever pleases. It wants to do something that's totally all about you and I and everything else. 
But our new nature wants to do what God wants and wants to do his will and his purpose. And the battle is constantly going on inside of you between your old nature, which wants to do the wrong things in life and that bad stuff for you and the stuff that's self-defeating and the stuff that messes up your life and your relationships and your new nature, which Christ gives you when you become a believer, which wants to do what's right and what's good and what's pure and what's just and all of these things. And so the very famous story uh, that we all know uh, that we go through every day is the weapons that win battles. I'm glad that Mark Twain said loyalty to country always loyalty to government when it deserves it. Amen. And so I thank God uh, every one of us, uh, many of us have served in the armed forces and we uh, bleed uh, red, white, and blue when we're cut. I'm thankful for a nation that has paid the ultimate sacrifices with the blood of its uh, many throughout the wars and the centuries that have passed, that have given us the democracy of freedom that we have today. Thank God. I'm glad weapons that win battles. James says, from whence come wars and fighting among you? Come they not hence, even of your lust that war in your members? James 4.2, he says, you lust and have not, you kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. You fight and win, yet you have not because you ask not. And I'm glad that it's all about the prayers that keep us going. There's wars that are going on all the time. The big war that uh, you're going to have uh, that at the end of this year and the next year is not with other people. The big war that you're going to have this, uh, this next time that hits you is inside of you. It's inside of you. A big war that always has many battles that comes with it. And I tell you, there are three of them. How to win the fights that you have even with yourself. The battle between uh, some of these things that we deal. First of all, you're going to face three battles in the future. Amen. First of all, the battle between selfishness and unselfishness. It is a daily conflict. Every day, a thousand times a day, you get to decide if you're going to live for the Lord or if you're going to live uh, for yourself. Uh, I'm going to tell you uh, the benefit of other people and helping to serve them. The good news about this battle is every time you win this battle and you choose love, which is the other focused rather than selfishness uh, and, and which is me focused, because sometimes this old fleshly uh, nature, me, myself and I, begins to take over. But every time you win that battle, your life gets easier. Your life has less conflict. Your life becomes more peaceful. The one of the benefits that always choosing love over selfishness is uh, the Bible says, as, as it says in James, do you know where your fights and arguments come from? They come from the selfish desires, the, the, the war that's inside of you that we were just reading, amen. And then you, you when you don't get what you want, you quarrel and you fight all the time. Did you know that the conflict that you have in your family with your spouse and with your kids and with your friends and with people at work, did you know that that conflict actually starts not with them, but it starts with you inside of yourself? Because if you have a humble spirit inside of you, even no matter what kind of poor decisions you make and sins and even mistakes that you make that bother you, they ought to humble you more than anything. And I'm going to tell you something. Every one of us, when we go through life, that's why the Bible says 
that we don't need to be selfish. We need to be humble, thinking of others as better than ourselves, amen. Don't think only about your own affairs, but be interested in others' affairs. What's going on in Israel right now? Lord, all these soldiers that are in harm's way, innocent people that are hostage, the, 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 the time right now where they're trying to settle things, and boy, Israel's having to release some of the bad, bad, bad people of the world to get their hostages back, and the horrible things that are happening across the world, that we're reminded that you don't got to go far to see a conflict and a battle going on. All you got to do is look right below where your heart is and into your inside of you, and there'll be a, a, a mean battle that's happening. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. And the, here's the difference. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. I'm no good. I'm nothing. I have no gifts. I have no talents. That's actually false humility. Humility is not just thinking about yourself at all. Humility is when you think about others and you take time and room for other people, amen. And so there's always, you'll face three battles in the future. The battle between selfishness and unselfishness. Secondly, forgiveness and bitterness. You cannot control what people do to you, but you can control your response. And you have 100% choice over that. You cannot control the hurts that you're going to experience in the next few weeks or the next year. But you're going to be hurt at some time or another, and you can't control that. But you do have 100% control over how long you do hurt. And what you do with that hurt is totally up to you. You can hold on to it year after year and let it hurt you. But some of us, you know what? You can hold on to it for years and years to come. But some of you are trying to please people that have already died. But in your mind, you keep hearing that voice to allow somebody from your past to hurt you today. Oh, you can't hurt uh, somebody without permission. But I'm going to tell you, you can't control the hurt that you have, but you can't control how long that you do hurt. You need to give that over to the Lord. These are battles that we're going to face in the future, tomorrow, in the next day. Selfishness and unselfishness, forgiveness and bitterness, amen. And so the Hebrew writer said, watch out that no bitterness takes root among you. Don't let that bitterness get rooted in your life. As it springs up, it causes deep trouble. And so you want deep trouble in your life? Just allow yourself to be bitter. Hold on to your hurt. Get resentful. Uh, have a grudge. Become very bitter about stuff. It causes very deep trouble, hurting in your spiritual life. When you get hurt, that's one thing. But when you get bitter over that hurt, bitterness is always worse than that hurt. And if you hold on to that hurt, you allow it to continue to hurt you. And so every one of us, uh, anger is just a response to other things. Your problem isn't anger. Your problem is either fear, frustration, or pain. All anger comes from fear, and you get angry, you get frustrated, you get uh, that pain that's going. Uh, I know uh, about pain here lately because it's been going on for about two months, but I'm glad that it humbles us in the sense too. Anger is not necessarily sin. The Bible says God gets angry, but when God sees all the injustice, he sees prejudice, he sees violence, he sees racism, God gets angry. You ought to uh, do the same. You ought to get angry at the injustice. And so every one of us, when we go through life, what turns into sin is when you hold on to it. Never let the sun go down while you're still angry, as the Bible talks about. It means don't get angry 
and stay angry. Don't let it turn into bitterness. Don't nurse a grudge. Never go to bed angry, praise God. It creates all kind of physical, emotional problems, amen. That's a battle that you're going to face over and over and over again with your marriage, uh, with all of the other things. The union of two great uh, uh, forgivers because you're going to hurt each other in marriage, sometimes intentionally, sometimes unintentionally. Great marriages are just made by great forgivers, hallelujah. And so I thank God every one of us when we look and realize that we're more than conquerors through him who loved us, Paul said. But God doesn't want you to just be a conqueror. He doesn't want you to just uh, beat your enemies. He wants you to be more than a conqueror. And what the world does, uh, that does with their things is not the same as what we do with them. God wants me to be more than a conqueror. And God's spirit enables us to be more than conquerors. And I thank God, every one of us, a conqueror, that you defeat the problem. More than a conqueror, you let God turn the problem into something good. Hallelujah. And what was intended to destroy you now develops you, praise God. And what was intended to tear you down now builds you up. And what was intended to separate you from the love of God now brings you closer to the love of God. And what was meant to hurt you and other people uh, that hurt you, I'm glad you end up growing. And I'm glad that you begin to be a blessing. And you are more than a conqueror when you get done. Anybody can defeat an enemy. But another way when you forgive people, often you turn that enemy into an ally. And you forgive somebody. You show grace to somebody. And uh, I'm glad that every one of us, as you turn them into a friend, you're more than a conqueror. You didn't defeat an enemy. You converted an enemy. You transformed an enemy. And now you're more than a conqueror. How? Through forgiveness. Hallelujah. And so we realize that there are three future battles. The battle between selfishness and unselfishness. Forgiveness and bitterness. But thirdly, what's easy and what's right. Oh, man, I could choose the battle between what's easy and what's right. Boy, I'm glad that Paul talked about in Galatians 5 about the fact that there's this battle between doing what my old nature wants to do and what's easy and what the new nature wants to do. Amen. And what's right. He says what your corrupt nature wants is contrary to what your spiritual nature wants. Amen. And so they're opposite of each other. And as a result, uh, I'm telling you, anybody familiar with it, we don't always do what we're intended to do. And so we have a fight, a battle inside you between the light side and the dark side, of the good and the evil, the old nature and the new nature inside you. You don't always do what you intend to do. You've got a great intentions all the time. I know I do. But your new nature wants to be healthy. Your old nature wants to just eat whatever you like to eat. Your new nature wants to put in the energy to work out and have more energy and to be fit and things like that. But your old nature wants to do what's easy and what's fast food. Your new nature wants to be organized. Your old nature is chaotic. Your new nature wants to be disciplined. But your old nature is out of control. Very, very, every one of us, when we look and realize that your new nature wants to be at peace in all of your relationships, but your old nature, your selfish nature, creates the conflict thinking about you and not about your wife or your husband or your friend or your boss or whoever, amen. Your old nature wants to just be selfish. Get it yourself. That's the old nature talking right there. And so every one of us, when we look at all of the things that we look at in life today, most of the problems we have in our life are because of our inability to delay gratification. And I tell you, uh, so what do we have to do is when we get tired 
it, that we have to think of that long-term benefit, amen. One of the questions that we asked ourselves is this, what do I need to do today to get what, where I want to be tomorrow? What do I need to do today to get to where I want to be tomorrow? Amen. Today, in my schedule, in my diet, in my skills, whatever, what do I need to do in order to get where I need to be tomorrow? The Bible says it's like this. When you're too tired, in Galatians 6, 9, let us get tired of doing what is right. Let us not get tired of doing what is right. For after a while, we'll reap the harvest of the blessings if we don't get discouraged and if we don't give up. Let's keep going because the battle is often short-term versus long-term. The battle in your life is often a short-term pleasure. I'm going to eat this, watch this, do this, do that, because it's easier than the long-term benefit of your life. You've got to fight back. Amen. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever picked a fight? Have you ever cared about something so much that you thought it was worth fighting over, fighting words, and you intentionally picked a fight? I'm going to tell you something. Every one of us what is not right in your life that you need to get mad about? I'm not talking about what's not right in somebody else's life, but you let God deal with them. But what's not right in you, and you know it. Because if you've gone year after year, day after year, week after week, and you've never fought for it and wrestled it to the ground, then not only the remainder of this year and next year that you need to do something. Because, listen, you're carrying the garbage into another year, into another day, into another time frame, and you're not letting go of it, what's easy and what's right. Every one of us, as we go through life, we can continue to hang on. We've got to fight for the hope over despair, victory over fears, for authenticity. It's the real me, not what everyone else wants me to be. I'm going to be who God made me authentically to be, amen. And so I thank God, every one of us, as you listen to the Holy Spirit, be your coach that you need, praise God. Over and over again, there are weapons that we use to fight our personal battles with. Hallelujah. I'm glad that Reverend Charles McPherson, I remember when I was pastoring, that brother, uh, God rest uh, his soul, Reverend Charles McPherson, I'd always run into him at the hospital. And man, he would look just like he looks in this picture. He'd have his tie on, his suit on. He was about the father's business. He was praying for the many in the church. Man, I'm going to tell you, uh, he uh, helped me so many times, so many ways uh, at People's Valley when I was there, praise God. I just lift him up uh, in spirit and, in, and just praise uh, the name of the Lord for wonderful men of God like Reverend Charles McPherson. Here, the picture on the right, he told me, when I was talking to him one time, that he was captured in the Battle of the Bulge. And he was fighting against the Germans over there. And I said, well, what happened that you got captured? And he said, I ran out of ammunition and I didn't have any more bullets. I had to give up. Man, can you imagine? Oh, my goodness. Thomas Jefferson said, indeed, I tremble for my country when I reflect that God is just. When we win weapons that win battles, We've got to have the right weapon in our arsenal, amen. Though we live in the world, we do not fight in the same way that the world fights. We fight with weapons that are different from those that, are, that the world uses. Our weapons have power from God, amen. And there are only uh, these weapons that believers have, amen. I call them secret weapons, but if you read the word of God, you'll know that they're not secret. They're available to every child of the king. 
But just like we see this recent picture where this young soldier had has his uh, uh, prayer journal out, he has all of his phenacaries on, on his arm, on his forehead with a scripture in him. He has the prayer shawl over his head. He's armed with a rifle. Praise God, he's getting prepared for battle. Amen. We got to do the same thing with the weapons that win battles. And our first secret weapon that we need uh, for us is, praise God, uh, that first set, uh, secret weapon, hallelujah, that we see is faith from God's word. Amen. Faith from God's word. Every one of us, I get faith from God's word. The more that I read God's word, the more faith that I'm going to have. What's more important? Because the Bible says faith has enormous power. Faith can move mountains. Faith can cause miracles. Faith can accomplish the impossible. Faith does what nobody else thinks is possible, praise God. The person who has faith believes it, conceives it, achieves it. Faith can do what nobody else can do. Hallelujah. It has enormous power. And so the more faith that you have, the more fight you've got. And the more power you've got to fight. And you've got to get your faith a quota up in your life. Amen. Faith is not just an offensive weapon to create the world and the dreams and the goals that you see in your life. But it's also a defensive weapon against doubt, despair, difficulty, and things like that. The Bible says it's a defensive weapon. In every battle that you'll need faith as your shield. Amen. I'm glad that it's an offensive weapon. It's also a defensive weapon. And you use it not only to shield yourself. Amen. I thank God to protect yourself, and I'm glad that it is also an offensive weapon, amen. I thank God, every one of us, we can protect ourselves from the fiery darts that are aimed at us by Satan, amen. And so I thank God, every one of us, when you begin to doubt, that's when you need faith, and the most in your fight for your soul. Where do you get faith? Listen, you get it from the book. You get it from the Word of God, as this soldier is doing his prayer journal here. I'm glad that every one of us, your faith is building right now because I'm feeding you. I'm nourishing you with the word of God. But the more that I tell you about the word, the more that your faith grows for not only the remainder of this year and the upcoming new year. And so if you want your faith to grow, you've got to hear the word of God. You've got to get back in the house of God. By the way, I want to encourage you to do that, to get back in church when you can. And I'm glad that every one of us all over America we have dropped off ever since the pandemic, but we need to get back in and get that faith from God's word. Secondly, support from God's people, praise God. There's nothing like the support system in the house of God. That's the second greatest weapon that you can win battles with, praise God. And so faith from God's word, I get support from God's people. You need support in the battles of life. I'm glad that we pray for one another. We may not even know all the circumstances that are going on. But praise God, when Pastor Keith sends out the prayer uh, uh, things on the telephone, that all of the church at Bethel Crossroads begins to pray, and we begin to give support for all the needs that are going on as he keeps us in tune to what to pray for and what to lift up. Hallelujah. We're going to share our battle with one another. God never intended for you to go through life fighting all your battles on your own, praise God. And so you get other people who can share the burden. They can share the load with you. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so I want to encourage you that we're in this fight together. Hallelujah. Every one of us, it just doesn't happen. You go to war, you got a platoon, you got a team, you got a buddy. Listen, you got support from God's people, praise God. And I'm glad that over 
uh, of all the thousands of people that are across the nation that are Christians that can pray uh, the power of prayer, praise God. I'm glad that every one of us, the Bible says there's two kinds of church meetings so that we can have, amen, our structure, the organization of the church is based on the Bible. But I'm glad that every one of us, as we come together in a large group of the body of Christ and worship together and we fellowship in our homes, boy, the temple courts and the house to house, amen, that we are the structure of the church and we have a, a wonderful worship that we're able to come together and we give that support to one another, praise God, through the house of God, through the body of Christ, amen, the nourishment for the soul, amen, that we get fed our spirit, our soul, amen, and our worship, amen, as the choir begin to uh, uh, lead the singing this morning, I can only imagine it, uh, how that it was, even though I wasn't there, praise God. I can imagine uh, Brother Rufus Cantrell and Sister Kathy over there leading everything and taking us on into the worship time, praise God, that refreshes our mind, amen, that renews us, amen, and so it clears out the cobwebs and cleans out and gets us ready and cleanses us like a spiritual bath, praise God. Boy, I thank God, every one of us, the secret weapon that God gives us is faith and God gives us support, praise God, but I'm also that third weapon is power from God's spirit, amen. Only Christians can get this. Only believers can get this. If you don't know God, you don't get God's power uh, in your life from his spirit. You've got to have his spirit inside of you to face the battles that you're going to fight this uh, remainder of the year and next year that you're going to need a power greater than yourself to win those battles, amen. As we pray for Israel, amen. I'm glad that 1 John 4, 14, that we belong uh, to the Lord, amen. And so here uh, he tells us, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than himself. He goes on, look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others, praise God. He says, nay, in all things, we're more than conquerors through him that loved us. For the flesh lusts us against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other so that they, ye cannot do the things that you would. But well, I'm glad the weapons that win battles. He says, looking diligently, lest any man fall, fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you and hereby many be defiled, praise God. I'm glad. Be ye angry, sin not, let not the sun go down upon your wrath. For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged, and with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. Weapons that win battles. Every one of us, as we go through life, we're reminded, amen, of everything, that there is always a war that is going on between every one of us, amen. And I'm glad that God's word gives us faith, and God's people give us support. And I'm glad that we get power from God's spirit. Every one of us, as I get ready to close out, I'm glad that God wants to do some great things in our life. Amen. Listen, what is it that you want to be remembered for? You know, what is it that you remember for? I'm glad that I can tell you about uh, Reverend Charles McPherson, how what a wonderful man, him and his wife both, what precious folk. You know, I'd always run into them at Kroger's, the old Kroger's in Cartersville was when I'd always run into him and her uh, when I was shopping at Kroger's over there. And man, we'd always have a great time. And man, I thank God. You know what? At the moment of your last breath, before you go into the turning, whether you picture yourself rolling uh, on 
and doing a great work for the Lord, or either you have not been successful, but you've been a failure. Weapons that win battles. Every one of us have a job to do. And I hope and pray that you're fighting a fight. You're running faster. You're keeping pure. And you're fighting a fight of faith. Amen. For this coming year and for the remainder of this year, spend more time in God's word. Spend more time with God's people and spend more time trusting God's spirit because these are the weapons that make the biggest difference. There's a battle between forgiveness and bitterness, amen. And we're always going to be fighting uh, those battles, amen. And so, you know what? Every one of us, there's always selfishness and unselfishness uh, that we're going to uh, come up against, amen. And then it's what's easy and what's right that we're going to be going up against. Every one of us have these same things that we're going to be facing on a daily basis. But remember, you can have the weapon from the Word of God. Amen. Get your faith from the Word of God. Get support from God's people. And I'm glad that every one of us get power from God's Spirit because we can win the, with the weapons that win battles. Each and every one of us. Amen. The good fight because Christianity is a fight. Not a fight with one another, but the power of Satan. We fight the flesh. We fight the world. We fight the devil. And we need spiritual armor for a spiritual battle. It is a fight of absolute necessity. It cannot be neutral. It is something that all Christians, that it's a fight that never stops. It's a constant conflict. And I'm glad that we fight that good fight each and every day. So whatever happened to Timothy, I'm telling you, he stayed in Ephesus for maybe 30 years after receiving Paul's first letter. He led the church in Ephesus. He preached the gospel with boldness. And at some point, he was put in prison like his mentor, Paul. His release is mentioned in the closing verses of Hebrews. Sometimes around the year of 90 AD, when Timothy was old man, he protested a festival dedicated to the goddess of Diana. And he was dragged through the streets and stoned to death. This is how the lives of many Christians, especially Christian leaders, ended in the first century. Timothy began as an apprentice to the Apostle Paul, and Paul led him to faith in Christ. And afterward, Timothy worked with Paul, traveled with him, learned from him. Timothy began to be an apprentice, and he ended his life as a great leader in the kingdom of God. You can take that same journey, and I'm glad every one of us, it means living a life of love and mercy and transformation for wanting others for what God wants for them and becoming a person, a character, training yourself to be godly. It means taking care of others. It means taking care of yourself, that you could do a job with an attitude of integrity, that you manage all of the things that God's given you as a steward of God with the attitude of contentment and that you leave a legacy built on generosity. And that is what it means to have a weapon that wins battles. If you've never accepted God's salvation, listen, would you pray this prayer with me? Dear God, I need your salvation. Jesus as my Savior. I want to be put on the helmet that protects my mind from the doubts and darts of discouragement and lies that are all around me. I want to trust you, Christ, to give me the victory. And I pray that you give me the energy and that, Lord, at the end of my life, I'll be able to say like Paul that I fought a good fight, that I finished a race and that I've kept the faith. And Lord, we humbly ask this, and also 
for the nation of Israel, for their safety of the captives and the missing, for the soldiers and for peace for them and the nation that we pray that your will would be done in Jesus' marvelous mighty name. Amen. God bless you.